Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, I'm Sarah Bivens. And I'm Matthew Bivens. And this is the Doing It at Home podcast, the only podcast dedicated to empowering, loving, and honest conversations around home birth. What started as a fun way for us to document our own home birth journey has turned into a platform for sharing birth stories, resources, and education with the goal of empowering mamas and families to make the birth decisions that work best for them. Plus, we get into the antics, breakdowns, and breakthroughs of our own experience of marriage and parenthood. All right. You ready, babe? Yep. Let's do it, mama. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. I am Sarah Bivens, and hanging out with me is my husband, Matthew Bivens. What's up, love? Hey. How are you? I'm great. Thanks. I'm drinking some green juice, hanging out here with you. It's awesome. It's a great life. Living my best life, <laughs> as they say. <laughs> yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm also enjoying a drink. I'm drinking hot chocolate. I feel like a, a giant child. <laughs> I had marshmallows. Well, in Well, that isn't the most off, <laughs> inaccurate description of you I've ever heard. Hey, you're the one drinking out of a Star Wars cup. Your Star Wars cup. I mean, there was other options. Yes. Yes. I have nothing to say to that. We just got back from a great trip. Yeah, we Florida. Did. We got to tune out, uh, unplug for a little bit, which was great. I was really feeling some of our regimented schedule, which is amazing and helps us function and keeps us the way that we are. But it is also awesome to just let that go for a few days and not have Google Calendar like, running my life. Yeah. Yeah, it was nice. We went down to... Uh, Bradenton, Florida. It's where my grandmother lives. And she turned 95 years young this past Monday. And it was awesome to be able to see her. And watching her and Maya is is super fun because Maya is so interested in her great-grandmother. Adorable. So my my grandparents are not living. uh, And grandmother is your only grandparent. Correct. Uh, So we don't see Maya a lot with, you know, Elderly, you know, people of that that generation age, and so it was really cool to see this connection. It seemed like they, she was so into her. She wanted to sit with her. She wanted to be with her, hold her hand, bring her things, and uh, you know, because typically, I don't know if this is the case for most kids or you parents out there listening. You know, Maya will connect with the youngest person in a room, typically, you know, another child. But in this space, there were no children, and so I don't know. It just. the way it leveled out, okay, then I'm going to connect with great grandma. And she called her mama, 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 mama. So cute. Cause I'm mom. Maya just refuses to call me anything but mom. It's mom, mom, mom. And so she, we threw on a few more moms to add, you know, add the, mama, uh, mama. the grandness to it and the, the extra generational thing. And so it's mama, mama, mama. So yeah. cute. And that was fun. And we also had an awesome Airbnb. Yes. That we stayed in, which is the, the first time we've done that on a vacation. Normally, we stay in hotels. And, you know, for, for those who are preparing to have uh, a little one or you have a newborn or a young child and you haven't traveled yet, I'll just say this about going to hotels. Most of the hotels we've gone to, we've only rented a single room. So it wasn't like, you know, a suite with two rooms. Right. And I didn't even really think about this before we started traveling. They go to bed so early. <laughs> and and bedtime for Maya requires darkness and requires a sound machine. You know? So yeah. it's like seven thirty and I make this little this little uh space in nook. the corner of the hotel. Yeah, a little nook, pulling like the, the curtains over her her crib to create darkness and then cranking up the sound machine. And it's like seven thirty. And so Sarah and I are now huddled in this dark, noisy hotel room for the next three, four hours. Yeah, with like the TV volume on two, oh closed gosh. captioning. We're eating our food and opening packaging. Super <laughs> quiet, yeah. Like so slowly. <laughs> and and we had done that on all of the trips that we had taken up until this one. Yeah. And so this time we got an Airbnb and had two bedrooms. Maya had her own room. We had space. It was beautiful. So if you haven't 
traveled with your kid yet, consider consider just what it would you know might be like to have them in the room with you versus having a separate room if you can if you can pull it. Yeah. Sounds like a free plug for Airbnb, basically. Yeah. Uh, or if you're on that baller lifestyle, go get a penthouse suite or the the presidential wherever you are, and put the kid in the other room, and you enjoy the jacuzzi and the city view or whatever you're doing, home alone and style. Call us and invite us and get us a suite, and we'll ha- we'll all hang out. <laughs> <laughs> home yeah, alone we'll chit chat together and bring out the podcast mics. And- Can I just say about home alone? So that's two, right? When home he's alone in New two, York. Please. I love watching movies now as an adult and getting the references or the little funny comments that totally went over my head when I was little. And one of them was when he's uh, the butler is in there giving him the the Sunday and he's like, I think it's like two scoops, make it three. I'm not driving. I didn't get that at all. And I was like, what? What would that have to do with anything? And so now when I see that, it's just so funny and cute. So I just, when you said Home Alone, I'm imagining us like on a bed with a huge banana split like Sunday and being like, make it three. I'm not driving. (laughs) And maybe it wasn't three. Any Home Alone fanatics out there like, no, it was four. Just, I'm sorry. I don't know the exact number. You tend to to remember specific lines and details from movies. Remember things that I don't need in my brain and it's ridiculous and sometimes when it comes out of me like you might mention something that's so superfluously not important and you say i'm like oh yeah because of the blah 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 and the thing with the thing and this was this day and i was wearing these shoes and blah 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 why do i know that and then now there are mornings when i go to put the car keys in the fridge and walk away with a banana peel it's ridiculous (laughs) anyway cool shall we hop in It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, let's, let's do today's episode because today's a cool one. It's a um, great conversation, I think. Uh, something that you and I talked about before having kids. We talk about now that now we, we have, have a kid. one. Yes. And um, yeah, set it up for us. Okay, cool. So, not strictly birth related, uh, still equally important for those of you preparing for that pregnancy or beyond pregnancy, beyond birth. And that is why our marriage is top priority for us, why our marriage is so important, why we make it a priority. Um, and you know, it's a new, it's a new conversation, not necessarily a new conversation, but might not be what you thought you were going to hear on this show. It might not be what you thought we were going to talk about, or it might not be exactly your family dynamic. Um, but we, uh, hope that through like everything else we do on the show, it's, it's us sharing our experience. And from it, we believe that you can glean some cool things, take some for yourself, put into your own toolbox and, uh, see what comes out of it. Yeah. You know, like a lot of the conversations we have on this show, we talk about what has worked for us and why. And so we talk about what has worked for us and why in terms of choosing home birth, in terms of planning for our birth, in terms of, you know, planning for all the different things, what has worked and why. And so now we're talking about what has worked and why in terms of our family dynamic and you know where you and i tend to place like you use the word priority but like kind of how we view things you know let's make sure that this is taken care of make sure that this is taken care of and then we make sure this is taken right. care of right it's almost like this sequence of event or a process you know a system and a process that makes something the most effective rather than this is more important than this yeah. all parts are equally important you can argue there is for us a sequence that happens to make it work best. Yeah. And so, again, what we're talking about is our marriage and uh, the roles that we play. And so for Sarah and I, we're going to get into this in detail. 
You know, we make sure that us as individuals are taken care of, and then we make sure that our marriage is tight, and and then you know, there's like the trickle down. We know that as those two things are taken care of, us as parents to Maya is it's it's in the bag, and that is not how all people view parenthood. Right. Um, that's not necessarily how uh, the, the dynamic that I grew up with in my household, and I don't think you grew up in that Correct. either. So, um, yeah, take it from here, and let's just let's dive in a little bit. Cool. Yeah, let's dive in and acknowledge that uh, you know if some of this conversation does bring stuff up for you, explore that. You know, Mm -hmm. there's a difference between being able to understand where someone or something is coming from and not necessarily agreeing. We talk about that a lot on the show, you know, in our pregnancy decisions and plans and in our our birth choices. You don't necessarily have to agree, but understanding makes it a hell of a lot easier to to navigate. Um, And so and that contrast is important, you know, having differences in opinions and all sides are important to the to the conversation. And I just mentioned that because I did an episode on this for myself solo on Balance and Motherhood podcast about why marriage is a priority over my child is the the title of the episode. And when I published it and uh, talked about it on Instagram, got some interesting, you know, varied comments on, nope, absolutely not. 100% disagree with you. No, 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 no. And, and none of it was... Um, uh, like disempowering in the sense of it, nothing was was way out there, but it was just stating that it, they didn't agree. And I'm like, cool, that's that's great because both sides need to learn from each other. Yeah. On the on the matter. And you had people who who on the other side of it agreed. Yeah, agreed, or maybe even didn't see it that way and saw opportunities to, you know, make their own dynamic uh, stronger, more efficient, more effective. Yeah. So. It's cool. And, you know, just presenting an alternative way to look at things. Yeah. And, uh, you know, a lot of what we talk about on this podcast is alternative ways to look at things. Yeah. Yeah. Alternative ways to look at things, alternative ways to approach things. And so we know that you, as a listener, are prepared for that and everything. So this is cool. I'm excited for this. Right, right. So you mentioned how we were both raised. Uh, so I thought it'd be interesting to touch on that for just a second as far as what feeds into this why, you know, why we've created this uh, dynamic. I did not see individual as in terms of, you know, parents or adults, individual needs being put first really, or, uh, cultivated more. And then as a result, the, the marriage or the primary partnership being uh, a prior, it was whatever the kid needs, whatever the kid needs or wants. And again, no, no right or wrong. It just creates a different, it just creates a different experience and outcome. And so when I see that now and having Maya, that's just, uh, not necessarily what resonates with me to, to follow in that, that model that I saw just because of what I think some of the strains that were created. And as a result of not, uh, flexing other muscles or, or cultivating other things, they kind of go to the wayside, like self-care or, or self-growth or development. And then that joint communal uh, growth as a, as a couple, as a marriage. Um, so that's, that's just a little bit of my perspective on why um, I'd just like to create something different. Yeah. Yeah. And then for me, you know, I recently had a conversation with my dad where I asked him, um, you know, basically what his center is, what drives and motivates him. And for him, he, he stated it. He's like, to financially provide for my family. And now looking back at all the years and all the decisions, I can see that. You know, my dad placed the financial, um, the, the, the financial uh, space or state of the family ahead of everything else. And when I look back at the decision that he made in his career, my dad was an athlete. He was a star athlete in high school. Um, going into college, he was he was uh, the quarterback, going to be the quarterback of the college football team, and he was presented with a, a crossroads where he had to make the decision to either pursue what he wanted to do in sports or pursue what, at the time, his parents said that he should do because of his future and his career and future family, and he chose the latter. He chose a career in medicine, and so I can sort of look back and trace everything back to that decision to choose the thing that's going to, you know, for whatever other bigger reason, the family, the career, and all of that, and trace that to all the decisions that he's made since then. So that was my father. And then with my, with my mother, um, you know, my parents were, got divorced when I was nine. And I, you know, look back at the decisions, and my mom absolutely made the decisions around the kids. 
you know, she was a single mom raising three kids. And we were, you know, we didn't have all the money in the world, but we had the things that we needed. And my mom made it a priority that, you know, for extracurriculars for us. You know, so I was big into sports. I was big into soccer. Uh, my my sister was big into horseback riding, and my other sister was big into swimming and basketball. And my mom made sure that we never missed a practice, we never missed a game, we never missed a, a horse show. And she did that at the expense of her uh, free time, at the expense of her uh, pursuing hobbies. Um, I've never known my mom to have a hobby. Never. You know, my mom was a runner for a, a, a period of time. I've never known my mom to have an interest outside of um, reading books and watching ER. Because that's, you know, at the end of the day, when when uh, when it was like after dinner time, like that was my mom's time. And at that point in the day, she was exhausted because she'd been working all day long. So I watched my both of my parents uh, make those decisions for their kids and for the family. Um, and and I'm very grateful to that because without those decisions, I wouldn't be here where I am today. At the same time, kind of like you, Sarah, we're able to look at those decisions and see how they've played out. And that's a beautiful thing about choice. You know, we all have choice. And so I respect their choice and I respect that they've always made the choice that they wanted. And so that's, that's, that's awesome. And creating the experience that they wanted from those choices. And so you and I came together. And like you said earlier, before we had children, we got clear on what we wanted and the experience that we wanted. And ever since then, we've made the choices that align with that. Yeah. Wow. That was really powerful, everything that you said. And I liked your specific examples. And I liked, you know, it comes down to what do you want to experience? Yeah. What do you want to create? If that's the experience that you want, then Power to create, you. <laughs> create awesome. that. And that, you know, that's, that's, is what it is. Uh, be clear on what it is that you want, what you want to experience and then get in alignment with that thing. And so this is just our alignment. Well, what you just said is I think super important. Get clear about what you want to experience. Yeah. I think a lot of time we don't do that. We put the cart before the horse. I, I'm I'm using we as the big the collective, collective we. Yeah. You know, and getting clear on what you want in our case has looked like vision boards, has looked like very intentional conversations about what what type of family dynamic do we want? How many kids do we want? What type of home do we want? Where do we want to live? What type of friendships do we want? Writing those things down. So you and I, you know, this is back before we even got married, did things like that because I, I agree with you. Once you're clear on what you want, well, now you know the decisions that are going to help move you in that direction. I have no idea if my parents did that. I have no idea. They, they might have had those conversations. They might not have. But regardless, just getting clear, you know, having an idea in your mind, okay, this is what I want to experience and this is what I want to create. And then those two things, once you once you have clarity around those two things, you can go, you can run with that. You can do a lot with that. And so I know from the work that you do with your clients, the work that that I do with people, a lot of a lot of folks that we have encountered don't necessarily take the time to get that clarity for themselves or don't know how. You know, like I don't even know where to start to to figure out what I want to do. And then that's the kind of the conversation we hear. And then it's it's no wonder that the decisions that are made are sort of made because that's what you think you're supposed to do. Yeah, that's what you think you're supposed to do or you're going off of what someone else wants. Yeah, what uh, was modeled, like all of those things. Yeah, yeah, that's you. So all of that we just described is really great kind of explanation and rationale for how and why our sequence goes, you know, clarity and mission and purpose within ourselves. And then you and I come together and make something great in the thing that is called our partnership and our marriage and our relationship. And then that's the strong foundation from which we chose to create and grow a family and other humans. And now that we've done that, how does all of that play into like everything else and how the, yeah. how the rest of that functions and works? And that, you know, like you said, with your parents, what you learned from their habits, behaviors, uh, mindsets, we can 
focus on and make a priority the things that we want Maya to to build her own experiences from. So if that's what we want, then we need to be doing those things. Like yeah. we need to practice what we would like her to learn and to to instill in her. So that comes from starting internal and going external. It's funny. I was reading Seven Habits of Highly Effective People last night. I was just skimming through some stuff. Uh, Stephen Covey. And he talks about the inside out approach yeah. and how like working internally, like you were saying that that clarity then creates the space for the external to flow. Cause working backwards, it's like, here's your end result. You know, let's say in this case, it's to have children and have babies and, and raise kids. If you are now in the midst of basing everything that your life is and around, you know, these tiny humans for me, it doesn't work to work backwards from that and find find my sense of identity and find who you and I are together. And then what we want to create separate from when, you know, when we don't have kids in our house, what then, you know, like that, that working backward process just doesn't appeal to me. Yeah. Yeah. I totally get that. And <clears throat> I think one of the ways that I look at it is, you know, the type of, of child that I want to raise. You know what I mean? I want to raise a child who is, who is strong. I want to raise a child who is kind, somebody who uh, trusts herself, trusts her intuition, um, somebody who who loves on herself, takes care of herself, who um, is then able to do those things for other people. Um, I want to raise a, a, a daughter who, you know, pours her love out into the world and and can go out there with courage and all those things. And for me, the way that I look at it is the most effective way to teach those things to her is to model those things to her as opposed to, you know, talking about those things. Um, because I may not be able to articulate certain concepts to her in a specific way that connects, but I feel that if she sees that within me, then those are the things that, you know, she will, she will model. And so when I think of that, and I think of a type of person that I would love for her to become, then it, it, I think, okay, well, who do I need to become? What, who do I need to be in order to influence this child in, in, that, in that way? Yeah. And kind of just like what you said, it's the inside out. So it always comes back to who do I need to be? And honestly, that's a, a shift in thinking that um, has happened within me in the last you know, five years or so. Because I didn't always think about that. It was more of what do I need to do? What do I need to do in order to influence this sort of behavior or outcome in another person? You know, what do I need to do for Sarah to get where I'm coming from? And when you change that and it becomes who do I need to be, then the path that you take is very, very different. You know, who do I need to be in order to, you know, fill in the blank? And so that's, that's how I approach it. And so that means that I in order to to be that person, I have to be making sure that I am at peace, that I am, you know, joyful, that I am being loving, that I am taking care of myself, making those deposits into myself. Yeah. And so on the ground level, you know, you're just talking about like, who do I be? And I'm wondering if someone's like, that's great, but what does that look like? Or what do I, so on a daily basis, what that means is we are taking that intentional time and putting deposits into ourself as individuals, then checking in with each other and making sure we're cool. And then we find through 19 months now into this game of parenthood that more often than not, we show up more powerfully for Maya, are more patient, more kind, more loving, um, more engaged with her when that stuff is done. And yeah. Yeah. This is, I think this is a great um, path to go down. We, we can talk about some specific things cool. that we do because <clears throat> I think one of the early things is discovering for ourselves what works for us. Yeah. Like what works for Matthew in order for me to feel peaceful when the stuff has hit the fan in order for me to feel like I've got all of my faculties when, you know, I'm, I'm feeling pulled in many different directions and the same for you. Ooh. And I want to say that those things might not be the same for me. Yeah. And being cool with that. And this idea of having a strong marriage foundation to then be the most powerful parents you can be, that doesn't mean a codependent type of relationship in which you're lost in it and you don't know who you, who you are and you don't know what works for you. Just because, you know, 
you say you're putting marriage as a priority or you're saying marriage is important to you doesn't mean that you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, it, yeah I don't know. I just kind of got like a light bulb and I went with it and then I was like, uh, now I've <laughs> run out of, I've run out of gas. I don't know where I ended up. But when you said what works for you, that's just what sparked off for me that they don't have to be the same thing for each person. And no, like, no. Yeah. Cause I think it is very individual. Mm-hmm. So, some of the things that work for me when I'm feeling the stuff. And man, this is so perfect. It happened this morning, <laughs> right? Because we got back from our trip last Wednesday in the evening. We're exhausted. Thursday, we jumped right into you doing clients and me being with baby yeah, all day long. Yeah, I was gone long. all day, yeah. Friday, we jumped right into me doing meetings and you being with the kiddo all day Correct. long. Saturday and Sunday, it was sort of like catch our breath. It's now Monday. We've been gone. We were gone for, it's been, what, over 10 days since we've actually sat down to do work, to work on our stuff. I feel like there is a mountain of stuff. I'll be honest, I didn't want to record right now. I wanted to cancel this recording. I wanted to cancel our upcoming interview because in my mind, I had created a mountain of stuff that was getting heavier and heavier by the minute. So this is perfect because I did the things that worked for me in order to find some peace. The very first thing this morning when the alarm went off, I was tired. I asked for 30 more minutes from you. And you said, okay. So that meant in the morning, right when Maya got up, you were solo with her. And you you, you were okay with that to give me time to kind of catch my breath. All right. And so then I took my 30 minutes and then I took a shower. I don't ever shower in the morning. I always shower in the evening. But I took a shower because I just wanted to like, like, like refresh myself. Right. So that's another thing that I did. And then it was around eight something and Maya needed to go to the um, to daycare. So I took Maya to school and it was beautiful out. And we had our normal trip. On the way back home, I put on some, uh, I put on a YouTube video to listen to some empowering messages. And I, I like Abraham Hicks. And so I put on an Abraham Hicks video because I wanted to get that empowering, positive, uplifting message. Because normally I listen to sports talk radio and it's filled with the drama from the weekend. <laughs> or I just saw the movie Avengers Infinity War, and I just want to listen to all the, the, you know, the podcasts about that. But I, I, instead of that, I wanted to be uplifted. So I listened to my uplifting stuff. I came home. I meditated for 10 minutes, right? So those are four things that I did. Look at you. And then here's the fifth thing. I was, I was wanting a specific type of drink, and I opened the refrigerator and there's no almond milk. So I was like, darn it, I could just settle. And I said, you know what? No, this will make me, this will put me in a, a great space. So I went back out to the store, got my almond milk, and now that's I'm drinking my hot chocolate. So I did five things in the morning to help me get into my power spot because I knew that I was getting defeated by the mountain of stuff that I was creating in my mind. I knew that it was just, it was, it was kicking like, chopping my legs out from under me. And so those are just some of the things that I know I can turn to in order to to get me back to a powerful place. And you supported that. You supported that. And so that's an example of, you know, me understanding what works for me, asking you if I can get that time, and you, because you know that when I make those deposits in myself, then my tank is filled up, that I'm a more powerful partner, husband, father, friend, co-host, and so you're like, yes, it's worth me, you know, making these little sacrifices so that Matthew can be powered up because in those roles, then Matthew's going to excel. And that's a real life example of how we make sure that we are filled up and that as individuals, and then that syncs us up as a couple. And then we can rock and roll on our other roles. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. That's amazing. Mic drop. Mic drop. Done. So, what about for you? So, I don't... <laughs> I haven't been on quite a roll as you have this morning in terms of deposits and stuff because I did. But, you know, it's it's the balance, right? So I did have mine this morning before daycare. And then you dropped her off so that I could have a client call because I have a client call scheduled during that time. So it did that. But in the midst of those things, even when you can't necessarily get those 30 minutes or whatever, when I was making my breakfast, I made myself green tea. And I was like, it's on the pot. It's on the, the stove at the same time her oatmeal is instead of what I was doing for a while, a few months back, getting everything ready for her and then getting to myself and being frustrated through that process and realizing I have a choice in whether or not I'm frustrated with this process. And hey, I even have a choice in how the process flows because Maya can't make herself oatmeal yet. So she gonna be okay. Um, So making my tea then, um, having my green juice when I did my client call, putting myself in a space of comfort during my client call, little things like that, that I'm, I'm tending to myself and putting deposits in, you know, uh, I got comfy in Maya's room in the sweet recliner that we have or the, the glider chair. And I put the heater on and I opened the windows so I could see outside and just things like that to create that space for me to be, you know, this this channel, this open, you know, best that I can be for my client. Um, let's see, what else have I done? And other things in general, not necessarily today. Meditating is also big for me and listening to empowering material. I think we share that. Um, journaling, I've gotten back into a more consistent practice of journaling after, gosh, I journaled steadily almost every single day from the ages of nine to 18. And I have stacks of them in our basement. Uh, and then o- over the you know past 10 years or so, kind of gone in and out when I've been really into it and not, but I've kind of gotten more into it recently. Uh, just being outside, stepping outside. And that's something you can do with, with the kiddo or kiddos, whatever. And I'm going to throw out being loved up and being sexed up. So I think making sure that sex is a priority for us fuels all of those things. And then I actually believe we are better parents the more sex we have. <laughs> yeah. And that intimacy. Yes. That's what it is. Yeah. It's intimacy. Yes. Yeah. Because I mean, it's just, it's not just like getting just the rocks off. Bodies flapping together. <laughs> <laughs> but it's that, that deep, intimate connection. I don't get that. Get rocks off. I don't know where it came from. Is it like a balls? Because rocks are balls. Because like, I don't have rocks. Maybe your ovaries are rocks. Yeah. Maybe. Getting my ovaries off. Booyah. <laughs> That's right, ladies. Own it. Well, now this is an explicit episode. So. I think it, whatever. <laughs> all of them are. Ease, ease, all across the board. Yeah, so this is cool, though, because, again, we, over the course of many years, we've identified those things that we know that work for us. And so now we, it's, like, it's like we have a list of things that we know that work for us. And then the next thing is we have some awareness of when we're feeling low. And when we're feeling low things happen. Like we get impatient, like we get anxious, like we get pulled in many different directions or we get caught up in making Maya's food before we take a breath for ourselves. And so then when we recognize we're in those low states, we then choose to, okay, let me just pause because like you said, am I going to be all right? And let me make my tea. Or we say, hey, Sarah, can you support me by giving me an extra 30 minutes or whatever it is? And that's something that you do some mornings as well. Yeah, just give me a few extra minutes. And we support each other in making those deposits, those self-deposits, um, or making those deposits in one another. Like I yeah. sent you a text this morning because I, I realized that we didn't really connect a whole lot before um, I had gone out, before your client call. So I sent you a text just to affirm you before your client call. And you said, thanks for making that deposit. Yeah, that was huge. It was yeah. a really 
unexpected, pleasant thing. Like my face lit up. I felt my energy shift in my body and it was right before I started the call. Um, so it was awesome. It's yeah. little nuances like that, it's little, little things. It's and little even stuff. what you said there, I want to mention this, especially for the mamas it, who feel similarly as, as I do. You said uh, when you want time for something or when you want to go somewhere, or when you want to do something, can you support me in blank? Yeah. That just that shift from can I go do whatever or can I this was big for me because can I is asking permission. I don't need to ask you permission to do anything. Yeah, really. And <laughs> at, but asking you in that way chops away at my power and feels like I'm beholden to whatever it is you say. And if you can't or whatever, then then I can't. And it's this victimhood space. Yeah. As simple as that, as simple as asking, can I blah, blah, blah. As opposed to shifting what, that, will can I? you support me uh, in blank or can I count on you to do blank? That those are big just shifts in how I've framed things for myself that have empowered me in in speaking my voice and asking for what I need and and whatever. So just offering that out there as Absolutely. a suggestion for you know dads too, but I know for you know mamas yeah. asking for help is big. Yeah, and so so these are all great examples of us. Um, taking care of ourselves. And, you know, I mentioned that when my tank is filled up, when, I, when I'm like, okay, I've, I've, I'm in a great place, I am better in every one of my roles. I'm better as a father, as a husband, as an entrepreneur, as a co-host, all of that stuff. So that paints the picture as to a reason why we do what we do as the individuals. So then the next part is our marriage. And you mentioned some of the things, the intimacy, you know, we make sure that we make time for those deep, intimate connections. And for you and I, sex is, is a big part of that. Yeah, dates. Date, yes, exactly. That, that's where I was going. So, you know, we have a steady date night and we've created barters with, with like our nanny and different things so that we can have a steady date night. Because Sarah and I don't have like tons of money to be spending on babysitters and daycare and all this. Like, the stuff that we spend money on in those areas, like we had to rearrange our budget. So I know that sometimes the conversation when you hear people talking the way we're talking right now is, well, then you must have more money than I do to be able to buy these things. Or you just have a less busy schedule to be able to ask for 30 more minutes. And I just don't want people, you know, I don't want you listening to get caught up in that stuff because we have done a lot of, rearranging things as best as possible in terms of our time and, and our time management and our money. So for example, we're not going to the chiropractor right now because we, we recognize we wanted to move money around for, um, for Maya's daycare. Chiropractic care was something that um, I had never really thought about. It was something that was recommended to us when we were pregnant and it played a huge role in, in just the, the smoothness of our pregnancy and birth. And so we kept that up. And that's probably one of the more, um, it's one of the expenses that we have that when we look on our budget, you know, it's not vital. It's one of those things that we allow ourselves. But then when we wanted to introduce my uh, uh, the daycare, it's like not, we don't just pull money out of nowhere. So we had to get rid of something and that's what we've gotten rid of. So I'm saying that because now, as we flow the conversation into you and I, and we're talking about date nights and different things, like you can make that stuff happen if it's important to you. I guess that's the point I'm trying to make. You, you will make that stuff happen if it's important. And so, Sarah, you and I have had a Saturday date night for as long as I can remember, at least through our marriage. And um, we've we've sprinkled in Wednesday dates as well, like a little lunch date or get together, but those things are so important to us because especially without Maya there, that's the caveat, right? Like yeah, it's it gotta be without baby. It, it makes such a difference for us to have that, that time that, you know, where we're out and we're doing something because we get our evenings together, but our evenings were typically like tired, tired. <laughs> you know, we're typically tired after a long day. And it's like, yeah, we connect sometimes, but sometimes we're just watching TV side by side. And you know, you might be on your phone or I might be doing something like, Sometimes we're just existing together and making sure that we carve out time regularly to have intimacy. That's what it is, honestly. Like that intimacy, it, it 
reinforces it and it strengthens and deepens our bonds. And because you and I get a lot of FaceTime together. Yeah. We, you know, as and so, as you know, partners, one might think or argue, oh, well, you see each other all the time. Then, you know, I see everything's you, gravy. Yeah. I see you right now in co-host role. Right. This is an intimate time. Right. It means sometimes, at least for me, it, it almost seems like we have to work even more at, you know, making yeah. when we do have the quality time quality. Cause like I've seen your face all day. We cool. We yeah, can exactly. just sit here and watch Netflix and eat ice cream. Exactly. That's the conversation. <laughs> it's like, yeah, we've been together all day long. Like, but it wasn't intimate time. Right. At all. It was just, it was like, you know, hey, listen, I need you to do this. I need, you know, you need me to do this. When are you going to, it's just, it's that. Yeah. Not it's, the sexiest stuff. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, for us, once we take care of ourselves, we then work on and make sure our marriage is taken care of. And we've created a really badass community of people that support both of those. Actually, all three. They support us as individuals, support us as a couple, and support us as parents. And so, you know, through either friends, like, okay, we ask a lot of our community. Because, you know, like I said, they support us, we support them. There's a lot of love going around. So we ask, hey, can somebody come and give us a date night? We asked my mom and my sister, hey, can you guys come over and watch Maya for a few hours so Sarah and I can go to the square and, and grab a tea and play Scrabble, right? Like we lean on those people to help us to, to you know, keep this thing nice and tight. And that was intentional, you know, like us creating this, this community of people and um, surrounding ourselves with people that we knew loved us and would support us and do support us like that was very intentional we both wanted that village tribe yeah yep yeah and so that village man it's just it's a powerful thing and like those people are happy to give that time to us and it, it, it's vice versa when when one of them asks it's like yeah absolutely you know and we like we leaned on my buddy vj this weekend and and, and his girlfriend liz to watch my ass we can go to a soccer game that was awesome. We had so much fun Amazing. and we needed that. We so you, needed it. Because we weren't super synced up before that, like the night before and then going into that day. Like we needed that time and we took advantage of it and, and we're grateful to the people who helped us out. Yeah. Yeah. So what I'm hearing and uh, summarizing that down to for those listening is utilizing people around you. Yeah, is, no, don't is be afraid to ask. Part and nothing's done alone and raising children isn't done alone and uh, to yeah, to sometimes make yourself or your marriage or your kid a priority, it means, you know, utilizing other people and resources and just shifting around resources. So like what you said earlier about moving money around or making things happen or what's a priority for you, just looking at resources as what they are and energy and tools. Yeah. Tools with which you can move around and use to your benefit and get feedback on. And, you know, like nothing is, uh, what's the word I want? Like nothing is stagnant when it comes to that. Like it can all be fluid and flexible. Yeah, absolutely. And just having that mindset is where you start too, believing that it's that way. Cause you know, I grew up with a lot of, no, this is the way that it is. And that's why you do it. And you don't really question certain things and yeah, yeah you get what you get. And if you're not happy with what you get, then live with it. And you know, you <clears throat> center everything around a, a tiny person that doesn't have the rationalizing capabilities yet. And like, wait, why are we doing our whole day like this? Oh, because a two-year-old wanted it that way. Right. Okay. <laughs> yeah. There's a couple of things that, that shifted uh, for me, this idea of the kid coming in and being the center versus some other sort of reality. One of the biggest ones, honestly, was in our honeymoon when we were in Angkor Wat in Cambodia, like trekking through jungle and going into these temples and things seeing this couple you know this it was like a european looking couple and they had a baby strapped to, on their chest as they were you know in this this super exotic location and like you know the baby was less than a year old and i thought wow like they brought their baby along and and uh we're going on all these these adventures yeah that was a paradigm shift for sure it was a total paradigm shift because once i saw that i started to see oh wow there's many more parents with their kids you know, it's like, oh my goodness. Yeah, you could bring your kids along with you on your adventure. And I think that's, it's symbolic of bringing your kids along with you on your life. Yeah, for the ride, yeah. Yeah, and that's, and that's you know, that I think put 
words to how I felt about having kids. It was like, yes, there's a lot of things I want to experience in this life. There's a lot of experiences I'm going to have, you know, and choosing to have kids is one of them. It doesn't, it didn't end there. Right. And so having Maya, it was like, great. Now you get to come along with these adventures that your mom and I are going to be going on because that's what we wanted. And that, you know, seeing that when we were, when we were overseas um, really did a lot for me. And I do want to mention here that things shift, you know, life is so uh, dynamic and ebb and ebb and flow so that have there been and are there moments in our life where it seems like literally everything stops and stuff is centered around Maya? Yes. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like when we had the flu, I mean, life just stopped and absolutely. But I think that's with anything and your, you know, your child isn't exclusive to that. It's like energy and things shift when something is extreme like that or, yeah. or whatever. So I just, I wanted to throw that out there as an example that some of my reprogramming, even though I was clear, I wanted to create something different from what I knew or, or experienced. There is some of that almost um, uh, like withdrawal type of effect when something new is being laid down or you are seeing things happen differently before your eyes. You're like, no, 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 no. Like this fights all natural inclinations of my body right now. And this goes against all of what I've known. Like you want to retreat back. And that's happened for me in some instances with, you know, how we've chosen to allocate time, energy, resources or whatever around Maya and especially around scheduling Mm -hmm. and having one car and living entrepreneurial life. It's like, who's the priority at any which time? Well, coming back to me being that first uh but then from there you know like uh do we push Maya's bedtime here this night for this is that worth it here and there so you know i'm putting that out there saying like i have certainly begrudgingly gone through some of this this growth and this process um but just accepting and understanding that things are in flow and flux and absolutely things shift when necessary uh but the average state of things being that we put ourselves first and then we come together and then we parent from there. We parent from that. Yeah. And <clears throat> Maya is always going to be taken care of. She's, she, we, we chose to create Maya and bring her into our world. And so there is a, a responsibility for us to take care of her that we absolutely accept. And I love that responsibility. I absolutely do. And so, Maya is always going to be taken care of. Her needs are always going to be addressed. And that's it, period. That doesn't mean in every single situation she gets what she wants. It doesn't mean in every situation you and I sacrifice, you know, our peace and our happiness because of X, Y, and Z. And, you know, both of those things can coexist. And I think that's that, that has been big for me to to really believe and feel and experience that both of those things can coexist. That's beautiful. Yeah. And so with something like daycare, right, we chose to put Maya in daycare for her, not for us, right? So we, we had a nanny for three days a week and we realized, you know, Maya loves being around kids. She loves playing with our neighbor's kids. She loves when she sees the kids, you know, from the, from our community. And so let's, Let's put her around kids some more. That was a choice we made for Maya, right? And so in order to do that, we rearranged our budget, like I said. We rearranged our schedules. We rearranged the nanny. We figured out how we would, you know, make things work with a single car and you having morning clients and me having morning work. We moved all of those things because we wanted Maya to have this experience. And so just like you're saying, babe, like it flows, in some time, in some instances, we're like, "All right, this is something that is important for 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 Maya to have. We feel like this is important for her. Let's make it work." And then the pendulum might swing the other direction. This is something that's important for us, like a date night or whatever. Let's make it work, and we do make those things work. And you know, another thing, and I feel like we're probably getting to the end of this conversation, is that Maya is only eighteen months, and I know that when she gets to be in elementary school and there start to be more extracurricular activities and she gets to be in middle and high school and things like sports and camps and all of that, 
we'll we'll shift things around again. Yeah, things are constantly being you know reevaluated yeah. at each new phase and stage and level. Yeah, and just and staying open to that and staying amenable to that process, I yeah. think, is big. Yeah, and and with all of that, we will keep our standard. You know, our standard of making sure you and I are in a cool space individually, making sure that our partnership and our marriage is tight and Maya will be perfectly fine. And so it is. <laughs> and so it is. So it is. This is awesome. This is a great conversation. Yeah, it got me uh it got me on a few rolls that I wasn't expecting to get. On. <laughs> Look at you. It's that hot chocolate. Are you talking Oh, you're calling me hot chocolate? Or <laughs> <laughs> You're a dork. I was referring to your beverage, but yes. Okay. Let's we'll we'll let uh you listening, you can be the judge of what she was referring what to. What I really meant. <laughs> well, if you have any comments on that, listener, or questions on our conversation or anything else having to do with the show, uh birth stories, home birth, empowered birth, etc. You can reach out to us. You can email us at hello at diahpodcast.com. Check us out on Instagram. Check out our posts there. Uh, you can DM us, comment, hashtag, like, heart, all the things that you do, all the things. And that's at diahpodcast. Uh, is there anything else that we want to leave you with? Anything else? Appreciate you listening. Yes. Appreciate you being a part of these conversations and being open to looking at things from a different perspective. And we're not saying something is better or worse. It is what works for you. And that's like a huge thing for all this parenting stuff. It's what works for you. What works for you in how you choose to bring your child into the world, what works for you in how you choose to prepare during your pregnancy, what works for you during birth time, what works for you during parenthood. Do what works for you. And for us, we just wanted to share what works for us because maybe there's one or two things that you might want to take and try out for yourself. I love that. I love that. Thanks so much again, guys, for listening to the Doing It At Home podcast. We love you so much. I'm Sarah Bivens with my husband, Matthew Bivens, and we'll see you next time. Peace. Quick note about the Doing It At Home podcast. Matthew and I are not doctors or medical professionals, and nothing we say should be taken as medical advice or opinion. If you have medical or health-related questions, please take them to a trained professional. We're here simply to entertain you with stories and conversations about pregnancy, birth, and parenthood. Does your father know you're listening to this podcast? Well, when you're done, why don't you stop by and check out a show that is 100% dad-approved? Datages. Hi there, I'm Chad Higgle. If you're looking for useful insights and practical advice you can actually apply to work, family, education, philanthropy, and just life in general, check out Datages. That's D A D A G E S, wherever you listen to your podcasts.